Yes, I still exercise. I hope you do too. And I used to bench press, but no longer. Because I had some kind of episode where I felt blood rushing up through the back of my neck into my brain. I got very lightheaded. And my eyes were seeing flashes of light. Very scary. And since the body always talks to you, I listened as I always do. So I stopped bench pressing. I didn't want to take any chances. And thank God, since I stopped, I never had this happen again. I still do aerobics for 40 minutes every third day. And since the heart is the most important thing, the cardio does me good. But there's only one downside to not bench pressing. I now got man boobs. Now, uh, it's a terrible thing. I was nice and tight up top, but no, not anymore. Man boobs. Now I know what you women go through. People staring at them. Hey, my eyes are up here. And then when it's cold, it makes it even worse, as you women know. Guys can't produce milk, can they? Are you sure they can't? I'm a little concerned. Well, whatever. Small price to pay for health. Hey, have you ever met an angel? The book says, love your fellow Christians always. Do not neglect to show hospitality. For by that means, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So just as Lot in the Old Testament entertained two angels without knowing it, and then later found out, we can find ourselves in that same exact position. I heard this one story about this guy raping girls in the park, and this one girl was a witness who happened to be there. She later asked the rapist, how come you didn't attack me when you saw me walking by myself? And he said, what are you talking about? There was a man on either side of you. Why would I even think of it? But she said, no, I was by, my, I was by myself. Now tell me that wasn't two angels protecting her. Some will right away ask, then how come the other girls in the park had no angels to protect them? Well, we just don't know. Although it says in that quote I just mentioned about fellow Christians, it doesn't say anything about non-believers. But the bottom line is that we may have actually met angels without knowing it. I would love to meet an angel. And remember, angels don't have wings, by the way, as we talked about before. Get that false artist rendition out of your mind because it doesn't apply. Here come some more quotes from Paul in Hebrews. He says, Be as mindful of prisoners as if you were sharing their imprisonment and of the ill treatment as of yourself, for you may yet suffer as they do. In other words, have some empathy. Imagine what it's like to be in another man's shoes. Don't just think of yourself and say, Hey, every man for himself. You're on your own. Is that how Jesus wants us to live? I'm wondering. So help others when you can. God uh, doesn't care who they are and what they may have done. So neither should we. I like how that verse ended up saying, for you may yet suffer as they do. Don't think you're so great a person that you're beyond the entrapping consequences of sin like mistakenly thinking your brand new hot rod of a car is safe by parking 20 spaces away from everybody at the grocery store? Because you're just sticking out like a sore thumb as some jealous person will pick up a sharp rock and scratch his initials on your passenger side door. Did you ever think of doing that? Thinking it might be funny and possibly well-deserved? But yes, you may very easily find yourself in over your head one day, thinking, what just happened here? I was fine yesterday, but today the walls are crumbling down. We just never know. So let's put it in our heads that we need to lend a helping hand to others. Because one day, you yourself may need 
a helping hand. And if you weren't there for others, chances are nobody will be there for you. Paul says, which really means God says, let marriage be honored in every way and the marriage bed be kept undefiled for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. The three big ways people defile their marriage bed is number one, fantasizing about another when you're with your wife or husband. Or number two, watching pornography with your spouse while having sex. And number three, deciding to have threesomes or foursomes or orgies. I heard of this guy who participated in that, and it was the worst thing he ever did. It ruined his marriage. And don't say this stuff doesn't happen, because it does. Primarily because our movies and television shows promote it either blatantly or subtly. Monkey see, monkey do. You got to guard against yourself. You got to guard yourself against this crapola by not watching it. Otherwise, you don't got a chance. The next quote in Hebrews is Do not love money, but be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never desert, desert you, nor will I forsake you. You know what I notice a lot of times? People who are not satisfied with what, with what they have who greedily push for something more and more and more, they first don't get what they pushed for, and secondly, they lose what they have. So they find themselves in a worse position than when they started. We all need to appreciate and thank God for who we are and what we have been given. More things will come to you on the horizon in due time In God's time, not yours, like a flower that opens up from a bud. If you take a screwdriver and attempt to open it up, you'll kill it. Just let it alone and let it open up and flourish on its own. That's the way to do it, with patience and trust in God for better things to come. The book says, the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So obviously, if you're walking around afraid and scared all the time, then you're obviously not connected and committed to God as much as you should be. Because the tighter you're with God and Jesus, the more secure, safe, and serene you become. It's just the way it is. Your demeanor reflects what's going on inside your mind and heart. Everything about you reflects who you are. You can't hide it. Like when a woman meets a guy trying to be real cool and smooth, it's just not going to work because his body is giving him away with his nervous twitch, his red bloodshot eyes, disheveled hair, his nervous armpit reek, sneakers with a hole in it, And with those feminine skinny jeans that he finds sexy and mistakenly think are irresistible to the opposite sex. Man, he lost before he opened up his mouth. As Christians, we can all get along together as one big family, just like all the voices in my head. Like me, for instance, wanting to get along with everybody, no matter how often he or she takes a shower. I say the smellier the better. As you know, I can reek from time to time. Or me, from another country entirely. No matter how many times I'm asked to do the rain dance after realizing I'm Indian. Or me, a bodybuilder from Austria who never took steroids in my entire life. No, no, you can't prove it. Don't make me crush you between my thumb and index finger. So let's all get along, especially on the Don't Bring Up God radio show, airing Sunday morn from 8 to 9 on WAEB. Call live at 610-720-7900. The book says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God and Jesus are always about love. They always were and always will be. To see us through any problem or trouble that we encounter in our lives, like a lantern shining through a dark forest. Just follow the light. 
Follow the light of the world. Follow Jesus. And we do that by reading every quote that comes out of his mouth from the Bible. Because how do we get to know somebody? We listen to what they have to say. Are we listening? Paul warns us in Hebrews, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Now, why do you think that's in there as a warning and a caution for us? Well, because God knew ahead of time what's coming down the pike. He knew that there would be loads of false, incorrect, seductive, misleading teaching going on. And nowadays, that actually starts in our schools, as we know. You ever take time to listen to the poison that your kids are receiving out of the new textbooks? It's disgusting. That's why we need to homeschool as much as possible. Get your kid out of the system. Because the system sponsored by Satan is designed to kill us all. The book says, It is good to have our hearts strengthened by the grace of God and not by foods which are useless to those who take them as a standard of living. God throughout the Bible tells us that he will give us a new softened heart and a new spirit where we say goodbye to our old ways of thinking and living, where we recognize that the old must be thrown out in lieu of the new, a new man and a new woman who dedicates his life to God and Jesus first and foremost, where nothing is more important and necessary in our lives. The book says, Through him let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That is, the the fruit of lips which acknowledge his name. Some people go throughout their entire lives not recognizing God and Jesus, totally ignoring them like they don't even exist. People who are totally concerned about themselves and nobody else. Me, me, and me. That's all I'm about. What do I get out of it? Because if I don't get anything out of it, I'm not going to do it. Anyone who lives that way has a penned-in life. That's one of the reasons why we're told to praise God. Because when we bow to Him and thank Him for all that He has done, we put the onus off ourselves because we no longer praise ourselves. We no longer look to put ourselves on the pedestal anymore as we realize that's not our place. If you're too busy trying to make yourself a king or a queen, then you'll have no time for God. Unfortunately, nowadays, many guys are attempting to be the queen, and many women are now attempting to be the king. They got it all in reverse. One day, I think, on the chessboard, they'll make drastic changes, giving the king breasts, giving the queen a bulging appendage underneath her robe like Michelle Obama is accused of doing? Is that true? So when we realize we're not royalty and that we're living in a fool's paradise, hopefully we'll then begin to see the light and begin to live for God and others and not just ourselves. Because when you don't live for yourself, you are actually living for yourself. Because all the goodness you're giving others comes back to you. What goes around comes around. The book says, do not neglect good deeds and generosity. God is pleased by sacrifices of that kind. Are you generous? If I would ask 10 people right now who know you, is he generous? What would they say? Hopefully they don't say things like, are you kidding me? He's a selfish miser. Yeah, he'll give you the shirt off his back, but for $19.99. Hey, these things are the things that we need to think about. But if you're going to play the way of the world life, it will never occur to you because you're too busy wondering, what do I gain out of it? How do I benefit? And what's in it for me? Who cares about anybody else? The book says, through Jesus Christ, may he carry out in you all that is pleasing to him. That word pleasing is in the Bible throughout. 
And that's how we should live. We should conduct ourselves in order to please God Almighty, for God to look down and smile on us and say, that's what I'm talking about. Nice work. Nice job. That's how you do it. And if for some reason it doesn't please other people, even family members and sometimes not even yourself, then too bad. Pleasing the Lord is paramount. We all need to commit to do that for the rest of our lives. Paul, a lot of times, ends his letters by saying, To Christ be glory forever. Amen. Grace be with all. Grace be with all of you. And there's that grace word. What is grace? Grace encompasses all the genuine benefits and good things coming your way that you don't deserve. So even though you did nothing to earn these things, you'll, you will receive them anyway, ultimately putting on a big smile on your face and everybody around you. That's why we are all saved through faith by grace. Now, all these quotes I just gave you came from the New Testament. How about some from the Old, from the, from the prophet Jeremiah? Here's one. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor the strong man glory in his strength, nor the rich man glory in his riches, but rather let him who glories glory in this, that in his prudence he knows me. Because without God, everything is meaningless. Why gain the whole world and lose your soul in the process? How many times have we heard that? But do we really believe it? Like taking all those vitamins that we do, do we really believe that they're helping us? There's a good amount of doctors that say they don't get absorbed in the body, that we just pee it all out in the toilet. They say the only real change is the color of your urine, as it might look more orangey, orangey, orangey. Okay, let's try it for a fifth time. Orangey. Yeah, orange, more orangey with all the stuff you take. That's what it looks like in the toilet bowl, making it look like a Halloween party fruit punch bowl spiked with vodka, maybe tempting you to take a couple scoops and drink it down. Yes? No? So let's not end up like some of these incredibly famous and wealthy people who have everything but at, the same, but at the same time have nothing, where they become soulless, where they really become like unfeeling, unemotional, sad monsters that are clueless on how, to, on how to help themselves. They look around and say, hey, I have everything. I should be happy. How come I'm not? Well, because you allowed yourself to be godless. That's the answer. The book says, Know that I, the Lord, bring about kindness, justice, and uprightness on the earth. And these are three things among many others that we're not being that we're not going to be able to get fully on our own. Kindness, justice, and uprightness are manifestations of a faith in God. They among so many other things, are the fruit of the tree. If the tree is poisoned with this way-of-the-world nonsense, it will bear no fruit. You will see none of the virtues that you see with a true Christian, somebody who truly imitates Jesus' life here on earth. The book says, Man is not master of his way. Man's course is not within his choice, nor is it for him to direct his steps. And this is why we don't take credit for anything good in our life, because God has set a special course for our life with a special plan. He's responsible for all the love and beauty that is expressed. If you demand to take credit for everything that you have done, then you don't know God. Because if you did, you'd realize that God has carried you through the desert full of snakes and scorpions. He has carried you like that poem, uh, that poem, Footprints in the Sand. Yeah. Hey, maybe I should read that. You know what? I'm gonna. I happen to have it right here. Listen up. This is Footprints in the Sand. 
Everybody's heard this or read it, seen it. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. There was only one set of footprints. I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. This always bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there is only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why. When I need you most, you leave me. He then whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never ever during your trials and testing. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Yeah. Now, that's beautiful stuff. Always pictured on the beach with the foot indentions in the sand along the, along the ocean. Funny thing is, when I enlarge some of those footprints on the beach that are shown, I began to wonder, is Sasquatch on the loose? Because some of those prints are huge, gigantic, bulbous things that smell, no doubt with big, irregular, jagged toes pointing in every direction, with space in between them, that is not an attractive look. I guess that's why my wife hasn't touched my feet since 1990. I don't blame her. The book says, Then you shall, you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And this is what God wanted throughout history since the beginning of time. Be my people, and I will be your God. This is the way to achieve and maintain love, peace, happiness, and joy. Now, if you like the commotion, craziness, and insanity of this world, if you're an adrenaline junkie, constantly looking for cheap thrills and highlights, then you will go in the absolute opposite direction of God Almighty. Because God's not about that. And once you realize that lifestyle is damaging to yourself and others, you won't be about it either. Hey you, Mr. and Miss Listener of Don't Bring Up God, airing Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 on WAEB 790 AM. I think it's high time for you to get out from the shadows and make a move to the phone. It's long overdue for you to become a first-time caller at 610-720-7900. Remember your first awkward kiss, or that first dorky boyfriend, or first possessive girlfriend? I know you remember them, many of whom you'd probably want to quickly forget. Regardless, become a first-time caller today at 610-720-7900. And I promise I will be on my best behavior, like a blushing bride at the altar, with flickering eyes, and too much makeup. So call 610-720-7900. You know you want to. 610-720-7900. And that goes for anybody and everybody, new or regulars. The number is 610-720-7900. I look at the United States right now from time to time. And this verse comes to mind. But if they do not obey, I will uproot and destroy that nation entirely, says the Lord. And it's not like God has given us only one chance to get it right. No. It's the fact that we deliberately ignore him thousands and thousands of times as our behavior broadcasts the fact that we want nothing to do with him. Nowadays, people laugh at the commandments, doctrines, and statutes of God. They think it's a big joke. Really? Well, if it's a joke, it's a very sad joke. Because blind people are deliberately walking the plank to be eaten up by sharks. And they don't even see it. They just continue to live a life of sickness 
and debauchery. Debauchery, that's a Bible word. You know, life full of vice. Don't think anything of it. That's just the way it is. Thinking one day they'll get it right. One day they'll be happy, immersed in all those vices. Like that's not the biggest lie that Satan ever gave. The sooner we turn our back on Satan and walk and even run to God, the better we will be. It's our only hope. Now, do you know that there are several places in the Bible that talk about the end of the world? It's just not in Revelation. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about how the Romans in 70 AD will destroy and level Jerusalem and the temple. And at the same time, talks about this world coming to an end. He says, take care not to be misled. Many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time is at hand. Do not follow them. Throughout history, there were antichrists and false prophets saying that I'm the man. And you must listen to me. I'm the one with all the answers. Never mind what that Jesus guy says. And, and some of them are very convincing. It's up to us to have the discernment to tell the fake from the real. The book says, you must not be perturbed when you hear of wars and insurrections. These things are bound to happen first, but the end does not follow immediately. When hasn't there been wars and rumors of wars in this world? In fact, that's the United States' motto. Whenever in doubt, go to war. Because the people that control the war machine get even richer. Just like through the fake pandemic. The billionaires got incredibly richer as all of us got laid off or lost our businesses and got poorer. Man, how greedy can people get? They already got mansions that can comfortably house a football stadium. What else do they need? Apparently, they won't be satisfied until, until their living room ceilings can contain those supposed China spying balloons. Whatever happened to that story? I don't trust that story. Something fluky and weird about it. The book says there will be great earthquakes, plagues, and famines in various places. And in the sky, fearful omens and great signs. And isn't that exactly what we see today? With earthquakes all over the world. The latest huge one in Turkey not too long ago. The plague of the coronavirus, whether it was manufactured or not. And famines that are coming our way. With all the food processing plants mysteriously blowing up and catching on fire. The farmers being paid not to grow anything. Their land being taken away from them in one way or another. Shortages on the shelf. The promotion of GMOs in the laboratory. The price of groceries increasing every week. There's been famine since the beginning of time, so don't think it can't happen to us, because it already is. The book says, But before any of this, they will manhandle and persecute you, summoning you to synagogues and prisons, bringing you to trial before kings and governors, all because of my name. The powers that be consider the Bible a hate speech. You know that, right? And what do they do with people that engage in hate speech? They threaten and or imprison them to once again pretend that they're protecting the welfare of the people when in reality they're crushing free speech and our only hope for better things to come in the last days and during these days. The book says, you will be delivered up even by your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and some of you will be put to death. Yes, in the end, it will be doggy dog. The allegiance between family members and friends uh, will, for some, disappear because it will be every man for himself trying to survive in any way that they can. The book says, all will hate you because of me. Yet not a hair of your head will be harmed. Even though the Bible says 
Believers will be protected through the fire, so to speak. There will be, nevertheless, some who die and even get beheaded. They may lose their physical life, but never their spiritual security in eternity. The book says, by patient endurance, you will save your lives. The Bible then further talks about the coming of the Son of Man. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Men will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the earth. So let's prepare for a rough ride. It's not going to be pretty. Several times the book says that the sun will darken and in turn darken the moon and stars. The book says the powers in the heavens will be shaken. After that, men will see the Son of God coming on a cloud with great power and glory. So we're instructed to read the signs on what is to come and always be prepared to meet your maker. Like when you see a fruit tree full of buds, you know that summer and the fruit itself will be coming soon. In that same way, let's read the signs of Jesus coming a second time because they're there. The book says, be on guard lest your spirit become bloated with indulgence and drunkenness and worldly cares. The great day will suddenly close in on you like a trap. And bloated is the perfect word. It reminds me of that wimpy character on Papa on Popeye. Like he, many of us lay on the couch, stuffing down our throat hot dogs, cheeseburgers, pork roll, and barbecues, followed by a chaser of whole corn cobs, just thrusting it down our throat into our little bellies that never seem to stop expanding. Hey, stop the bloating! It seems just like um, in Noah's time, people didn't really care. And because of that, they were blindsided with the flood. And when they realized what was happening, it was too late. So are we going to learn by their mistakes or not? Or are we just going to ignore the truth that is expressed in the Bible, thinking everything will work out one way or the other, no need for fear and to run to God for help. Well, one thing's for certain. When you do run to God for help, you won't have fear anymore because you'll realize that God is in total control of what happens to you. The book says, pray constantly for the strength to escape whatever is in prospect and to stand secure before the Son of Man. I read the other day some kind of religious encouragement for especially over this lenten season it said let's play let's pay close attention to our relationship with god our neighbors and our planet now i can understand the relationship with god and jesus with uh, with god what was that noise like i'm choking but the relationship with god and jesus i can understand and it is paramount. I have no problem with the relationship with our neighbors, including our families and friends. That's all good. Along with the men and women we meet throughout every day of our lives. But how do you have a relationship with a planet? That's my question. How do you do that? Does this planet have a name? Maybe Paul the planet or Pam the planet? Because if I'm going to have a relationship, don't we have to introduce ourselves? Hi, my name is Robert, Mr. or Miss Planet. What is your name? The point is that in the Bible, it's written down to have caring and loving relationships with God and one another. But I have yet to see a verse encouraging us to arrange a nice lunch with the planet. Or maybe go to a ball game with the planet. How do you do that? The earth with all of its magnificent creations is God's gift to us. Within the relationship of God, we appreciate the magnificent nature of this world. Let's not create the planet into a person. 
sounding like it may even be separate from God. Are you kidding me? This all comes from this ridiculous green movement and the carbon count of anything that breathes, not to mention climate change or climate warming, whatever they call it now. Let's not fall for the subtleties of insanity because that's exactly what they are. Tell me that shouldn't be the title of a new song, The Subtleties of Insanity. If ever if ever I write another poem, that will be the title. The Subtleties of Insanity caused by unlimited profanity. Just where is our humanity? For once just Put away the vanity and hold on and develop your Christianity. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, that's not too bad, huh? I don't want to brag, but yes, I am God of this world. I call the shots to give everybody instant satisfaction and pleasure. Never mind how temporary it may be. I would like to give out an award today, an Oscar, if you will, a Beelzebub for best liar with a straight face, destroying others while building up yourself, having delusions of godhood, destroying the United States and for pretending to lead with a clear, defective brain. The nominees are Dr. Grouchy, Bill Hates, Klaus Slob, George Moros, and Joe Hyden. And the winner is... There must be some mistake. It says all of the above. This decision cannot stand. If nobody wants this Beowls Above award, then I'll accept it. Since I motivate all wicked evildoers to do what they do, I'd like to thank the Academy, my demons and fallen angels, I'd like to thank my... This is, in case you don't know, Don't Bring Up God. We're here every Sunday morning from 8 to 9. My name is Robert, here with the unusually quiet board guy today. He's like a shark swimming under the water. You never know when he's going to strike. But when he does, you feel it. And you're either happy about it or you bleed to death. One or the other. Nothing in between. Shark face back there. Look at him. Hey, anybody that wants to give a buzz, the number is 610-720-7900. This is the board guy's theme. This is him. Again, that's 610-720-7900. Seven nine zero zero. One of the best movies ever. I hear there's going to be a sequel, Jaws 4, The Revenge of the Board Guy. Or they already had a revenge one, didn't they? But the the BG's got to be in there somewhere. You get my drift. Hey, the other day I was with a group of people, gang of people, whatever you want to call them. Nice people. And uh, I heard this story about this woman in her 30s. And I guess she was participating in a lot of in-house counseling. She had a rough life. Her parents screwed her over in in so many ways, and she found herself herself on the other side of the track, so to speak. 
immersed in all kinds of craziness and vice, you know, then you got to take responsibility, some her fault, some not. But regardless, she had a bad start. And, and you look at sometimes people like this and you wonder, man, how can they survive and how can they get anywhere with a start like that? Anyway, she was in this in-house counseling thing and she was doing pretty well, you know? Looks like she might be thinking about turning the corner and staying away from things that she shouldn't be involved in. And I found out yesterday that she, after being released in this in-house counseling setup that she was going, that she was in for months, or I'm not sure exactly how long it was, but she was released, and three days later, she died of a drug overdose. And man, did that hit home. Uh, that, that was so brutal. And we all talked about it, and, and the situation, bantering back and forth, um, what we thought happened, and... You know, talking about the little that we knew about her, at least me. I didn't know that much about her. But the one, the I was saying that uh, a lot of times when people go into some type of facility to better themselves and then they come back out, they return to the same old vices, the same old family members sometimes and friends, the same bad element. And if you don't separate yourselves from that bad element... It's so easy to slide right back into it. In the Bible, it says good, or what does it say? Uh, bad morals corrupt good morals. So with all the good intentions of coming out into the real world again, you, you find yourself sliding right on back. And I was making the point that you need to separate yourself. Even if you're alone for a time and by yourself, it doesn't matter. You need to separate all the craziness you just got to. And then somebody mentioned, but wait a minute. You just can't live in a bubble. And we went back and forth a little bit. And then it occurred to me, you know what? That's exactly what we need to do. We need to live in a bubble. A bubble of God and the Bible and Jesus Christ. That bubble is what protects us from the insanity that's all around us. That doesn't mean you lock yourself up in the shed and never leave. But you can be in your bubble as you go to work and be with groups of people and go here and there and all about. And you decide who you let into that bubble. And over time, that bubble gets thicker and stronger. Even though people try to punch it or jab it with some kind of pointy object to break it because they're either jealous and want you to fall and be in the same pit as them, or for whatever reason, that bubble becomes stronger and stronger. But that's a bubble of God and Jesus. So I thought about it when she said that. You can't live in a bubble. And I'm thinking, well, maybe you can't, blah, blah, blah. But, but then I just reversed and said, you know what? You do. That's exactly what we need to do is live in that bubble. You know, phrase it whatever, however you like it. It's like uh, Star Trek, that force field. It's protection. What protection do you have? Especially these young kids growing up with no idea of God and the Bible, Jesus, the Ten Commandments, the statutes and the doctrines, what's right and wrong. They're, they're left with nothing, no recourse. Once they hit problems and hit the wall, they don't know what to do. And a lot of times, sometimes it's hard to talk to your parents and then your friends. They don't really care. They'll go so far, but they don't really care. What do you do? See, that's by design that we hit the wall and need help. Do you know that? It's by design. It's by God's design. It's going to happen. And the only safety net you have is God Almighty, is knowing who Jesus is, what he said, and what he did. See him as a best friend with the best advice. So when you're out in a bad way, whether it's drugs or alcohol, pornography, gambling and adultery, and just you name it, any of it, when, when you're right in the middle of that temptation, 
you got a place to go now if you have a belief in God. And what do you do? Well, you pray. You pray. You could, you could say that, Our Father. That's the, the main prayer of all. But pray, and then talk to Jesus like a best friend with the best advice. He was human when he came down here, right? He's a human being, so see him as a human. God, of course, human and God. There ain't no question about it. But see him as a human being, as a person. And no songbirds are singing. When the twilight is gone, you come into my heart. That's God talking to us. And here in my heart you will stay. I'm presuming. While I pray. There you go. Board guy got, got the understanding. My he knows exactly what's going on. So you have options. You can pray. You can read the Bible. You can listen to legitimate preachers and pastors. There's plenty of good ones on the internet. A lot of bad ones, but plenty of good ones. You have recourse. So use it for your own sake. Seriously. We got a call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Morning, Rob. It's Ian. Ian, what's happening? Hey, I just I just want to shoot you a quick question. Have you heard of the series called The Chosen? Uh, no. Okay. Well, it's a series about Jesus and his disciples. It's a little hard to explain, but it's, it's something you have to watch. But uh, after the show, when you get the chance, check out the Angel app on your iPhone or Android device, and it's easy to find. It's just uh, it has a black background with the word angel on it. Okay, and what is it What is it all about, briefly? Can you give me a quick synopsis? Okay, in short, it's about, it's about uh, Jesus and uh, how he gathers all the disciples, and it shows the disciples in a more human way, a more relatable way. Yeah, that, I think that's incredibly important. That's why, like, Joseph and Mary, I call them Joe sometimes. You know, personalize these guys. They were real. It, it sounds sometimes... Like, it's so nebulous, God and, and the stories in the Bible. You know, who are they? Did they really exist? They were human beings just like us for us to relate to and learn from. Yeah. So I, I have, before I go, I have a quick challenge for you. Challenge? Uh, challenge? Yeah. Is this uh, yeah. like the gladiators where they had different <laughs> no, no, challengers no, no. <laughs> on TV? I like no, the no, I no, like no, no. I like the jousting. Remember when they they had two people on on pedestals and they had the big like spear things kind of and they were trying to push each other off the pedestal. Okay, jousting. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's nothing like that. Go ahead, joust away. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, like uh, next, like if you get if if next week I'm gonna call you back and ask you if you if you've gotten a chance to watch the chosen and if you have, uh, let us know what you think. Are you giving me homework? Uh, just like it's it's an optional homework assignment. Let's look at it that way. Okay, so if I Google or DuckDuckGo the Chosen, it will come up. It should come up, yeah. Or like, uh, or, or in your uh, Apple Android device, uh, look up the Angel app, and it's uh, it has a. That's, black that sounds way too comp. That sounds way too complicated for me. But okay, but I will, a, I will I would look for the Chosen, and, and is it a movie or a documentary or? It's a series. It's it's a it's a one hundred percent crowdfunded. Uh, series. All right. And, and like, yeah, how so, long is it? How long is it? Uh, they just finished their third season. Each episode's about 45 minutes to an hour, but each season only has about eight episodes. So it, w- it wouldn't take you long to watch it. Uh, eight episodes? It'll take me three years. <laughs> well, it's like eight episodes per season, but see if you can, like, watch a few episodes. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to do it just for you, but uh, the only thing is the next two weeks we'll be taping shows we won't have calls, so call me um, probably three weeks from today, and uh, we'll talk about this the chosen thing that I will be fully abreast of. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, give a look up the chosen, Google it, okay. and it should be like the first right. few things that come up. Sounds good. Thank you. We got another call real quick. Who's this? Hey, morning, Joe. Happening. Hey, 
<laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you hit on quite a lot of things there. One thing, really subtly, the prophecies of, of how, you know, they're fulfilled literally word for word. Some of them warn us. It tells of main event. And that was one of the things that really got my attention with salvation, studying the Bible, how it is the Word of God. It's the only holy book that has prophecies fulfilled word for word. Jesus fulfilled over 300 of them with its first coming. Um, the prophecy of what we're going to be celebrating uh, in Easter here is death, burial, resurrection. Like you said, uh, the most important thing is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God, who came uh, man, died for our sins on the cross, was resurrected the third day. That's how he pays for sins. That's the only thing that gets us in the heaven when we repent of our sins and accept his payment uh, on the cross for our sins. And I, then, and I agree 100% as usual. Thanks for the call, Joseph. Yep. Amen. Remember, fortify your fortify your bubble, everybody, for your own protection, your force field. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. WAEB, Allentown, an iHeartRadio station. Available everywhere on our free iHeartRadio app. Number one for music, radio, and podcasts all in one.